When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Afternoon or evening, and welcome to episode 28 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. I am Ashley. You may have remembered me from a couple episodes ago. I'm one of the co hosts. Um, I've had some life issues come up, but I'm excited to be back for this episode. And of course, like usual, the two lovely co hosts. I'm Bethany. And I'm Becca. Yay. And we're all here. We're all here. We're all here. You sound so dramatic. You're like, I have life issues. (laughs) I am dramatic sometimes. (laughs) So we haven't seen you in like a month. What have you been up to? Ren Fair. (laughs) So exciting. Yes, I've been going to the Ren Fair every week, pretty much. We only missed one week last month. We're going this weekend. I'm very excited. And then we have one more weekend after that, and that one is Christmas-themed, so I'm trying to come up with my outfit for it. I don't have a lot of garb yet. I'm working on making more garb for other events as well, so I'm very excited. It's all historical costuming. It's something that I've wanted to get into for the last two years since I started actually sewing. It's been busy. You've only been sewing for two years? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. She's amazing. <laughs> Did yeah. you see the, the cloak she made me? Yes. It was amazing. I can't believe you've only been sewing for two years. That's incredible. Thank you. You are very talented. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why I have a whole right? room dedicated to it. What's up? I have been sewing since, like, kindergarten, and I'm terrible at it. I can do, like, basic sewing, but I've never used a machine before. Oh, the machine's liberating. Yeah. You can do so much yeah. on it. Yeah, I can do like if I if I get a hole in my jeans, I can fix it, you know, okay. but like we just talked about how a scamp sweater needs to be sewed. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the basic idea behind it, but it's not going to look good. Yeah, mending is the worst. Mending yeah. is the worst. I hate hand yeah. sewing, but I will do it for the people that I love like scamp. Scampers is loved. He is. <laughs> for a puppy, he just can't handle being cold. I better find that sweater. Yeah, it's kind of chilly out there. It is really chilly. He almost didn't go out this morning. He's been really stubborn about going out at all lately. Okay, my world right now is covered in ice. There's yeah. ice all over my world. Ice. So kind of chilly. What is it, like 50, 40? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hate it. But, but it's more for the dog because the ground is wet and chilly. Sure. So like if he has to go to the bathroom, his feet are covered in cold, wet dew with cold wind blowing on him. Yes, why don't you put shoes on him? That doesn't work on him. Does he? He's not into it. No, he breaks. He literally will pop them right off. He's too intelligent. And I was like, well, fine. Beowulf's not smart enough because I love Beowulf. He's the sweetest dog in the world, but he's stupid. (laughs) No, they tag team. Scamp will take Beowulf's off for him since Beowulf can't figure it out. If Scamp were really smart, he would leave his shoes on so that his feet are comfortable. He doesn't like wearing them. They're uncomfortable for him. Yeah, but so is, like, ice and snow. So he's smart, but he's not that smart. 
He's not like practical. What about rubberized yes. socks? They have those and they basically look like balloons. Perfect. That's what Duncan wears. Yes. And they don't like those either. <laughs> we Duncan didn't have like a jumper. Because well we, okay, so it rains down here a lot more than we're used to. And when we were in the apartment, the only way they could go to the bathroom was if we walked to them. And the apartment had like irrigation issues. So there was always flooding when oh. it rained because they didn't properly irrigate. So Quentin and I looked into getting them when we were at the apartment, little raincoats and stuff, but they won't wear them. And it's like, well, if they'd rather have wet feet than mm-hmm. rubber feet, you know, yeah. that's, that's on them. Duncan, my favorite cockapoo is the sweet. Have you met Duncan? I met him twice. Okay. He's the best. And he wears those balloon shoes year round. Mm-hmm. And in his Halloween costume, I don't even remember what he was. I just know it was cute. He also, now that he's more elderly, has a snowsuit. Oh, that's really cute. It's, it's adorable. And he wears it and he loves it. And his mom pushes around him, him around in a stroller because he's elderly, but he wants to be among people, but he doesn't have the energy anymore to go out and see all of his friends every right. day. So he goes for like a short walk that he can handle. And then he goes for his long walk to see like the entire neighborhood that loves him. In his stroll. That's sweet. That's super cute. Yeah. It's so cute. Sam has a, a winter coat for when it's actually cold out. Like when we go home for Christmas and Quentin picked it out and it's like, Quentin didn't realize it, but it's, it's like a horse blanket. Oh, yeah. So it only covers the back and then it's got the two latches. Quentin didn't realize that when he bought it. He just thought it looked cute because it's plaid. Yeah. But it's like old man plaid, like hunter dark green and maroon plaid. So he looks adorable. He he looks like he needs a pipe in his mouth. So Becca, how have you been this week? (laughs) I'm good. There's not much new. We're working on potty training and it's a whole thing. And Actually, the reason, part of the reason I was running a little later than normal today is because I I always sit down on the kid's bed to put my shoes on, and the kid's bed was wet. I didn't realize it, (laughs) so I put on, like, my third outfit of the day already, and it's it's very early as we record this, so, yeah, so that's a thing, yeah. They know what they're supposed to be doing, and you ask them, like, where were you supposed to put that? And they're like, in the potty, you know, and yeah. but they don't. It's one of those things. But yeah, so witches, okay, so I learned this from Meet the Booze Cast, which if our listeners are 21 or older, they should listen to. If they're younger, <laughs> probably, it would not be appropriate, but it's like the history of like cocktails and things, and it's amazing. But they were talking about. I don't even remember now that it's been so long since I had brought this up because actually I missed you so much. But apparently the pointy hats. Yeah. So apparently the reason that the hats were like tall and pointy was so that people could see them across the crowded marketplaces and like go buy their witch stuff. I'm going to have to look up what episode this was. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about that. I don't know the history of pointy hats. Yeah, it was like the history of like why we have that stereotype about how witches would dress. Like that's why that's the costume apparently. That's it neat. like started because these were 
because you know how like women are oppressed, right? So Absolutely. if a woman is like strong and powerful, they think she's a witch. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. And so I guess like they were all strong and powerful, like business women. Hmm. Oh, well, I so, guess like, be, like apothecaries or something like that. Yeah. I'll have to look into it for sure. I don't yeah. really look into the history of that stuff, so it'll be it'll be a nice deep dive to go and look at it. Yeah, I like history. It's interesting to me lately. Like I'm super into randomness. So. Then I'm going to take all of the pictures of all of the historical costuming in March for you. Yes, please do. Also, I'm sorry. Can we back up? It is blowing my mind that you have a Ren fair that goes on for like months. It's about a month and a half. We have the right temperature down here for it. And Louis, that one was every weekend in October. It was open. It's only open on the weekends. But yeah. Yeah, Okay. We've been going for a while. Where is it? This one's in Hammond, Louisiana. Uh, It's like an hour and a half. If I was to directly drive it, it'd probably be an hour and a half. It's a little bit longer because we go to Bay St. Louis first and drive up there with a bunch of friends. Oh, okay. Okay, because the only ones we have here, it'll be like two weekends, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It really depends on the weather, where you're at for those types of things. I think the Texas Renaissance Festival goes on for a long time, because they have the right weather for it. Ours is in the summer. In Nebraska, Mm -hmm. it was in the summer. Yeah, and that makes sense, because Nebraska's cold. Yeah. What I know of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, like, Kansas City is supposed to have a really good one, and I think, like, there's one outside Minneapolis that's supposed to be amazing, but I didn't get the impression that those went on for, like, weeks and weeks, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it just, I mean... The one in Nebraska was only two weekends. Yeah, it's more than two weekends. Because we went the first weekend, and then we went the second weekend. And one weekend is, like, dragon-themed. Yes. Or something. And they're all themed. Last weekend was romance this one is like time travelers so it's i'm gonna wear my victorian skirt i got from when i was up in st louis last nice and then i'm gonna wear actually wear some of john's garb underneath and then a bodice Uh, and then the last weekend like i already said is going to be christmas themed or holiday themed depending on what you celebrate so i'm actually coming and getting all my pieces of costume ready for it. I'm very excited. That is exciting. So, um, last week, I have a couple corrections to make. Wait, Bethany, hmm. you didn't talk about you at all. What's new? What's going on? Oh, <laughs> not much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, just, I mean, just the same schoolwork in the podcast. I did get to go see Frozen 2. Yay! Was it good? It was better than the first one, and I totally cried. Of course, but to be fair, it doesn't take much. Also true. Yeah. What else have I done? I haven't really done. Yesterday was Quentin's birthday. Happy birthday, Quentin. Happy birthday, Quentin. And my and my aunt, my aunt's birthday was yesterday. I don't I don't really have anything going on. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch Home Alone yesterday, so I was very upset about that. Um, Is that your Thanksgiving tradition? Yeah. My favorite my family always watches Home Alone on Thanksgiving and the Santa Claus on Christmas Day. Okay. I don't remember why. It just is just what we do. It's not a tradition that Quentin likes because he doesn't think Home Alone is a Thanksgiving movie. It's but not. <laughs> it's not. It's no. a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. I think that what happened was either as a family we went and saw it in theaters on Thanksgiving 
or perhaps we it was like a video that we rented right around Thanksgiving and so it just became this thing where every Thanksgiving we would watch Home Alone and it's mm-hmm. the same for the the Santa Claus just the first one cause that's the only good one sorry guys yeah. It's true. Um, okay, but did you know that the house that Home Alone was filmed in, it was owned by the family who owns the Sara Lee company, like the Pound Cake, Cheesecake Company. Okay, it's in Evanston, Illinois. It's actually right next door to the church. So, like, the church and the house are, like, literally right next door to each other. So, they totally, like, filmed it like they were further apart. But anyway, that crazy house, owned by the Sara Lee people, who are apparently the nephew of my uncle Craig. Oh. Huh. Like it's his family. That's crazy. Awesome. Weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Beth yeah. is famous. She's famous. Right? <laughs> oh, I mean, this is the same side of the family that's like very distantly related to the Hilton Hotel people. So, you know, very distantly. I don't think anyone in my family is related to anyone cool. My great-great-grandmother was a tribal leader for one of the Degonti tribes, the Gypsy tribe. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah, I didn't get to be a part of that world, unfortunately, but... Yeah, you got some badass women in your lineage. I do. Well, the Gypsy culture has always been a little less sexist about that. Women have always played a very large role, but... Yeah, that was just really, I don't have a lot going on, you guys. It's just school and work. I got one class out of, I got two classes done, but they haven't, she hasn't given us our grades back yet. You I know have, you got an A. Right? I That's don't. what I said. See, but the thing is, I don't, because you need a 92% to get an A, and I have a 93. And the assignment that she has, there's two assignments that she hasn't graded. One is worth 70 points, and one is worth 45. So it's very easy for me to fall below that line. So the hope is that I get an A and then everything else I'm not really worried about. I have like, in one of my classes, I have 103%. So, I mean, she'd have to give me a zero on the last three assignments for me to get a B, you know, I am worried about my Spanish final because there it's really, really, really intensive. There's like 30 fill in the blank questions. There's 30 like short sentence questions. And then there's 10 essay questions and 10 audio questions. There's a lot. Wow. That makes sense. It's a final, so it makes sense. But we've also not done anything like that for any of our homework assignments. Mm. So there's not really a lot of prep for it. Mm-hmm. And I asked about study guides, and she was like, just redo all the homework you've already learned. Well, okay. Wow. So I'm just hoping for the best. Yeah, and never taking Spanish at school again. I'm still going to learn Spanish, but I'm not going to do it with my academic career on the line anymore. Babbel. Yeah, that's all I got. Babbel. What's Babbel? It's an app. It's an app. Okay. Yeah, that and Duolingo are are supposed to be pretty good. That and what? Duolingo. Duolingo is what we use for my school. Okay, they continue to do that. Yeah. Well, I had to pay for specific parts of it, but yeah. My sister, Lindsay, speaks Spanish. She took like five or six years of it. And now that she lives in California, she's taking more Spanish to learn like the uh, Mexican dialect because what they teach in school is traditional Spanish, Mm -hmm. Spanish. Mm -hmm. So she recommended that since I have all of friends memorized, I watch friends in Spanish with the English subtitles. Very smart. Yes. 
Yeah. Oh, we're already way off topic. I don't care. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the Friends Thanksgiving episodes the other day in our in our group chat. Yes. And obviously, I already watched them all. I have two that I can't decide which one is my favorite, and oh, I wanted to know Becca's favorite so we could compare oh, her favorite okay. Thanksgiving episode. I only remember the one with the turkey on the head. That That's is the funny. only one I remember. But you're not big on this show. I'm not at all. No. And I, so I watched it when I, as it was coming out, when was it, the 90s? The so first I, episode came out in 1994. Okay, so I was one. Yes. And I was four. <laughs> so I don't, like, I remember my mom liking watching it and watching it on TV, but I don't remember any of it. Yeah. And I never got big into it. It's just not one of the things that I did. I used to watch it with my mom. Oh, let's see. That's sweet. That's yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Wow. Um, I kind of like the one where Underdog gets away. The very first one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the classic, you know, the older seasons. Because I had those all on DVD. I had seasons like one through six on DVD. And when I got my wisdom teeth out, I just like binged it all the way through. Hell yeah. And just like, in my parents' basement, like, it was a summer I was home from college kind of thing, and, and I don't know the later episodes as well, because I was in, you know, I was trying to be a music ed major, like, I was busy, you know, we would watch it the half hour every Thursday night, if there wasn't somebody's, like, senior recital we had to go to, mm-hmm. but otherwise, like, you know, it was before we had DVRs, some of my friends had VCRs that you could actually program to record things, we would do that but yeah no for the most part I mean unless unless all of us like SAI girls like my music fraternity unless we all got together to watch an episode chances are I missed it I missed a lot of those later season ones they're only on Netflix for like another month or two so you might want to pop on there (laughs) I know I want to get the full set of original DVDs so that I have like all the extended versions and I want to replace the one that I already have because yeah. mine, I bought, well, I've never paid for it. They were all gifts at one point, but I got the last one in 2005. So I've, I've watched mm-hmm. them a bajillion times. Okay, so my two favorite Thanksgiving episodes that I can't pick between. The one where mm-hmm. Ross got high and the mm-hmm. one with Rachel's other sister. Oh, man. Because I love when Judy, like, momsplains everybody. Yes. <laughs> And and Roz's whole thing about like now who should I say tricked me into getting high? <laughs> but everything with Christina Applegate is so funny, especially knowing that some of it was just Christina Applegate improvising. Like the whole BB Emma thing was just Christina Applegate improvising. Like the part where she turns around and she's like, Emma, Ross wants you. Totally improvised. That wasn't in the script. She just was like, This will be fun. Yeah. She is great. Yeah, I can't decide between those two which one's my favorite. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. Quentin likes anything where Chandler and Monica are finally together, so he didn't really have a favorite out of those two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Quentin doesn't really care. He just watches it because I watch it. That's good, though. Jerry is not into, like, sitcoms. Quentin doesn't like sitcoms that make him cringe. 
Sure. When it gets like weird, embarrassing stuff, he's like, nope, I'm out. I'm out. I'm That's out. funny. You know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Like he can't watch happy endings with me because there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah. But I love happy endings because they just lean right into it. And happy endings is so funny. Anyways, so last couple episodes, I have been forgetting. We've talked about all the egg hatches, but I have been forgetting to announce that they are egg hatches. So I apologize about that. I noticed it when I was editing some of the episodes. I was like, I definitely mentioned that and didn't say that it was an egg hatch. And one of the egg hatches we missed was we talked about it, but we didn't announce that it was an egg hatch was Jacin, the guard being named and how to, Heart. we talked about how to pronounce his name. Cause that's one of Ashley's favorite characters. It is. But see, blonde and tall. Yes. <laughs> so it's my type. Yes. <laughs> so now how do you say his name? Jason. You say Jason. Yeah. So Bethany's just weird, I guess. Yeah. Is that because well, we of the books or because you read it that way? That's how I read it. That's how you read it? Mm -hmm. Okay. We took a poll on Instagram to see if Becca was allowed to read ahead, and you are. Woo! Go yes, I got permission. <laughs> yes, we got lots and lots of permission. We yes. had two people message us. Molly from Random Podcast to tell Becca she needs to read ahead or she will go crazy. And Gwen Yang said, tell Becca to go read. Hell yeah. So, Thank yes. you. Becca, you do not have to wait the next six years without reading any of the books. You are allowed to read at pleasure. Just a reminder, the podcast will stay 100% spoiler free. So we don't need to worry about that. Thank you for your permission. Also, my therapist says I'm not crazy. She says that crazy is not a thing because it's not in the DSM. This is true. So it's not a, yeah, it's not an official diagnosis <laughs> anymore. So maybe I am. It just doesn't exist. Who knows? We got a message from Gasty98 on Instagram that I'm going to read real quick about how to pronounce Jacin's name. Ooh. Okay, Gasty98 on Instagram says, Okay, so I'm listening to the new episode and the conversation about the Jason pronunciation. It's complicated. When I first read them, I didn't take it as Jason, though I should have at least sounded it out because it's spelled weird, so I pronounced it Joaquin. Why? I have no idea. So later when I made friends who read the books, they were very confused when I was speaking about this Joaquin character until they realized I was talking about Jason. And it was hysterical, and they still laugh at me for doing so. Smiley face and laughy place. <laughs> anyway, that's my funny tidbit. I love the podcast. Best part of the week, heart. Aww. When I was reading that, it's spelled J-O-A-Q-U-I-N. So I pronounced it Joaquin when I was reading it in my head and out loud just now. So how yeah. do you guys pronounce J-O-A-Q-U-I-N? Yeah, so normally I would pronounce it Joaquin as in Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. But my flute professor who studies a lot of Danish composery musician type people would pronounce it Joaquin-ish. And I don't know how she says it, but it's definitely with a J at the beginning, the way that she says it. And apparently like that's the Danish way. Like Jacqueline? Yeah, close to that. Close okay. to that for sure. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure, but because there's like a Joaquin Anderson wrote like all the really hard, terrible flute etudes that we all hate. And she did like, she like wrote the book on it. Um, so I think that she would know, but I don't, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But I like that I'm not the only one who didn't immediately go to Jason. 
Words are hard, guys. Well, <laughs> like we talked about last week, Marissa Meyer says it's Jason. It, the way that she says it's pronounced is J-A-Y-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's meant to be Jason. I yeah. just have always liked Jason better. So yep. I keep it that way. Sorry, Marissa. Tannery's little devil had a birthday last week, so I wanted to say a very happy belated birthday to her. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> and then we finally got access to all of our international Apple podcast reviews. I broke down and paid for them. Because <laughs> Apple is terrible. They make you pay for some stuff. So we have a few of those to share this week. I'm going to let somebody else talk because I feel like I've been talking for a thousand I'll, years. I'll do this next one. It's a review from Gina underscore 05 on Instagram. It says, OMG, this podcast is so amazing. It brings the Lunar Chronicles to a whole new level, and it's a great way to relieve, relive the series. Plus, the podcast itself is so fun. They post an episode every Monday, and let me just say, it makes the typical gloomy Monday so much better. I swear it feels like you are in the room with the host, and the conversations are so great. The host brings so much light to every little detail throughout the books, and it is amazing. I love the Lunar Chronicles, and I love this podcast. Definitely check it out. Hearts, though I have to disagree with you, I love Mondays. Mondays are my thing. It's one of my days. Because that's how you start the new week, and I like beginnings. Got it. Yeah. I have to disagree with Mondays being gloomy. That's all. But it's a great, <laughs> it's a great review. I love it. Well, Mondays aren't gloomy anymore because, (laughs) and I get to listen to us too, you know, so. Yeah, we we fixed her gloomy Mondays. Yeah. Becca, do you want to read the one from Becca? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So this is from Becca, the the librarian, and it's um, on Apple, Apple Podcasts Canada. So, okay. Becca, the librarian says, Excellent podcast. Five stars. If you're a fan of the Lunar Chronicles, this podcast is for you. If you've never read the Lunar Lunar Chronicles but want to read an excellent series with memorable characters and fast-paced plot, then head to your library, pick up a copy, and follow along with the ladies of the Prince Kai fan pod. Starting with Cinder, they go chapter by chapter and have in-depth discussions on all the many themes that are in the series. Their genuine love for the book will keep you informed and entertained, and their friendship for each other will make you feel like you are part of the conversation. Love this podcast. It's so sweet. Like, I got one tear. One little tear. It was a lot for me. It was really sweet, and it was really thoughtful to the way that she wrote it, saying little tidbits about the series that it's memorable and fast-paced and demanding that people go to their library and pick up a copy with that. Which is a librarian. (laughs) Yeah. By her name. Yeah. I love that she's sending them to the library. I love that. Thank you, Becca, the librarian. We love you. We have one from Queen Celine Channery Janali on Apple Podcast Canada. That's also her name on Instagram if you want to go follow her. That's also Becca, the librarian's name on Instagram if you want to follow her. I should have mentioned that. So much fun to listen to. I love Prince Kai fan pod so much. It vastly improves my Monday mornings. The last couple have been awful, so it's really awesome to have something light and positive to start off the day. I love how in-depth these ladies dive into the chapters of this book. I'm a huge fan of TLC, and I've read these books quite a bit. I had always viewed the Commonwealth as a utopia and Luna as a dystopia, but the more that I've listened to this podcast, the more I've realized that the EC is not a perfect country. 
I've also started to recognize the phenomenal writing that Marissa Meyer put into these books. The geniuses that run this podcast have the best conversations and ask the best thought-provoking questions. I also love that we can see how much effort these angels put into this. You girls are fantastic, and this podcast is the best podcast that I've ever listened to. Woot. <laughs> okay. Geniuses and angels? Holy cow. <laughs> wow. I feel very special. It's a great. I love all of these. I also like the concept of, I don't think I ever viewed the Commonwealth as a utopia and Luna as a dystopia, just because the Commonwealth has so much rig racism going on. But I like the idea that you get to make that transition when you're listening to it and reading it multiple times, you get to see those new things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I see it as just true, like Luna being true dystopia. I see it more of, there's a lot more coercion that goes involved with that, like with Luna itself, than how dystopians, dystopias are portrayed, mm -hmm. just in general, in my mind. What do you mean, coercion? The glamour. There's a lot of co coercion going on in Luna, so that's why I wouldn't consider it necessarily a dystopia. Oh, I'd 100% still consider it a dystopia, because most dystopias have some kind of coercion one way or the other. It's just Usually it's politically manipulated with technology. This is politically manipulated with magic. So I feel like I would still consider it a dystopia. What do you think? I think, yeah, I don't know that I would use the word dystopia for it because if the population is being properly glamored, then they won't know that they're being glamored. So like they won't be miserable, you know? Well, they can only be glamored while the people are around them. True. My other thing is, I wonder if it's not a dystopia because Luna didn't go through any kind of natural disaster or post-apocalyptic world or anything like that. So I don't know if it could be a dystopia simply because of that. Yeah, like the environment seems fine. Our like standards of living seem to be high. I think I'm going to Google it. Maybe I'm wrong about what dystopia means. An imagined state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice, typically one that is totalitarian or post-apocalyptic. Oh, okay, so I guess it's definitely a dystopia. Yeah. The fact that it's not post-apocalyptic. And they don't necessarily yeah. know that they're suffering, but injustice, for sure there's injustice. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. With the infanticide, which we didn't mention as part of infanticide. the... Infanticide. Sorry, infanticide. It's a bad word. Um, <laughs> the thing where you kill, there was a thing where you kill babies. Yes, yes. <laughs> that word, yes. guys. This is how I teach my students sometimes. Actually, I point out on the on the board, and I'm like, "Hey, guys, say that word for me," and they say it for me, and then I say it back at them. <laughs> That's I the think, best. But I think that we can deduce from Dr. Erlon's experiences that he shared with us so far in the book that there's definitely people on Luna who don't consider it utopia. Yeah. Because they run away to, to Earth like he did. And I think we saw with the protesters that it's very easy to control the population while, it, while it's right there, right there in front of you. Yeah. So I think maybe we're both right. Could be. It's yeah. not black and white. It's very well, what, what would you call it if you don't consider it dystopia, just like a sh place? Yeah. Yeah. Just a <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like, <laughs> I'd say Minot, but I've heard great things about Minot. It's just like a place that you don't want to Why live. would you say Minot? 
Why not Air Force Base? Uh, it's considered one of like the black holes of the military uh, because they have totalitarian. No, because it's a sh- place to live. Oh, okay. I was like, I've never heard that about that base. Yeah, it's a. Sh- oh no, I have heard nothing but bad things about mine. But I North haven't Dakota. heard that it's totalitarian where they kill babies. No, that's not the point. I misunderstood the point you were yeah. making. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys think of the idea that the Eastern Commonwealth was a utopia? I never felt that way because nope. of all the racism, but... Nope, not mm-hmm. even a little bit. It's no. not. Yeah. Do you think if we compare it to Luna, it looks better, so... Mm, no. No? Nope, because in Luna, oh. there's still the, the segregation of shells. Like, they're killed. Yes, yes. Like, that's... It's, it's the same things, except for Eastern Commonwealth is making these people live as not real citizens. Slash tossing them up for the cyborg draft. Yeah. So they are still killing them. Yeah. 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 And I would never think of the Commonwealth as utopia, especially, like, the description that we get of Cinder's apartment building. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be so much poverty and, like, that doesn't seem, I don't know, all of them crammed into this loud building and, and all of that, that doesn't seem utopic to me. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Also, like, the concept of utopia, I mean, other than if you read and follow the Communist Manifesto, is, is not really something we could ever even come close to achieving. And the only reason I say the Communist Manifesto is because that was Karl Marx, that was his goal when writing it. Uh, we have literally never had a successful communist government that was run the way that Karl Marx wrote the manifesto to be run, but we obviously have had several communist governments. So looks good on paper, doesn't work in actuality. Exactly. That's what I've exactly. Said. And the problem with communism is, and I'm so sorry for everyone who's like, yay communism. The problem with communism is that there are always going to be people who want to have power and wealth over other people, mm-hmm. and you can't have a, a communist society, a successful communist society, where people want to have power and money over other people. It's just not going to work. Nope. We're human. We're, We're too human. human for ourselves. We are. That's why world peace is is so unobtainable. But somehow they managed to do it in this society, so... World peace, I don't know. World peace in the sense that they don't have wars anymore, but there's obviously still quite a bit going on. Yeah. So we have one more review from Doug42 on Apple Podcast Canada, and it says, awesome, exclamation point, love the crew, exclamation point, five stars, exclamation point. Lovely. Very lovely. So thank, thank you, Doug. Yes. And now, Bethany, we got to talk about the Fan Art Friday. Um, I have been, I've been holding on to this art for 25 weeks. That yeah. is like, that's half a year. There are 52 I, weeks. I saw it when I was like scrolling through Instagram, like shortly after we first got started. And I immediately messaged the, this is how we get fan art. Either people send it to me <laughs> or I see it on Instagram. And then I message them and say, Hey, can we share this? We'll give you credit. This particular person, I had to track them down because I saw it on someone else's profile and they were like, oh, I got it from this person's profile. So I looked at that person's profile and she was like, I got it from this person. I had to go through like three different profiles before I found the name of the original artist. Then I had to go contact the original artist. So the original artist is Crooked You on Instagram. And this is a fantastic picture of Cinder in the garden 
losing her foot while Kai is tracing her down. The best. It's, I love the composure of it, the composition of it, sorry. And just, I like it. I really feel like when I read this chapter, this is what I see. Yes, this picture right here is exactly what I see. How is this so, like, amazing? It looks CGI. Like, that's what I said. Okay, the wrinkles in his pants, like, the the way the skirt of her dress, like, is, like, flowing-ish. Holy cow. The miracles of digital art, guys. You think this is digital art? Oh, yeah, 100%. This isn't, this isn't hand-drawn. This is a digital art. This is the type of stuff John watches people do on YouTube. How can you tell? Because I've been exposed to it a lot. How is digital art made? What It's made on um, a tablet of sorts. And, like, John's got his tablet, and he has his pen, and he looks at the screen and just draws. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm married to an artist. It's just part of my thing yeah. that, that we do. I think it's really cool, though. I've never been experienced. I've never gotten the opportunity to experience digital artwork. So yeah. this is really cool to be able to to witness that. Then, like her glove and her dress and stuff, it like looks almost like feathers. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Wow, there's just a lot of detail in it too. You can see the moon creeping up, yeah. the pillars of the palace, and mm -hmm. then if you look really closely, you can see silhouettes of people dancing in the palace behind Cinder and Kai. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and it's pure headcanon, just beautiful headcanon. So thank you, Crickety Doo, for letting us share your fan art. Um, but now let's finally get into some chapter discussion for Chapter 36. We left off with Cinder and Kai at the ball and Lavana ready to uh, bargain with Kai. And I also want to point out we're still in Cinder's perspective, and we haven't been in Kai's perspective since chapter 28, which is just a really long time, it feels like. It is. But I wanted to talk about the concept of bargaining for someone's life. Okay. Because that's how we start the chapter with, mm -hmm. do you want to bargain for her life? Now, what do you guys think of this position that Lavana is putting him in? Because she even says, welcome to the world of true politics. Yeah, I don't... Mm. This is gross. It's just gross. Politics is gross. I don't like it. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah, so I wrote in my notes that she doesn't have any marks on the glass because of her, because it's not makeup, it's her glamour. Mm -hmm. um, but I could be wrong about that. Do you think she just has really good makeup? She could have stain. Lip stain. That's what I use most of the time. I just assume that since they have the glamour, they use the glamour. Well, I don't think it would have mentioned it if it wasn't the glamour. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So you, you mentioned the bargaining for her life. I don't like it. I don't think that's something that you should. It's like playing with fire. You shouldn't deal, do it. You should bargain for somebody's life. That shows how cruel Lavana herself is as a person. Yes. The totalitarian yeah. that she is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But since we're in Cinder's perspective, I don't like the way that she thinks about herself and saying that she's not worth it. Well, I don't like that she doesn't feel like she has value, but I got to say, if someone said, I'm going to start a war with the entire planet or you can die, I'd be like, okay, well, I had a good life. Thanks for the run. Right. I'm not, I don't think that I'm worth starting a 
global, not global, I'm sorry, an interplanetary war over. After yeah. 126 years of world peace. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. be the one to ruin that. Sorry, I had a good life. Right? And memories, like, so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like that they immediately, like, try. they're trying to name their terms of, like, okay, she says, you also want to save this hapless creature, so be it. And Kai says, and you? Because he wants to know what she wants. And just like Cinder and just like the lunar spy, she mm-hmm. wants to be empress. She does. She's already a queen. Like She's queen of an entire, quote, planet. But she wants to be queen and empress of the commonwealth. She's greedy. A little bit. She's a greedy girl. A little bit. Yeah. Power hungry bitch. Right? <laughs> yes. I like it when Becca cusses. Yeah. See, I think all of this stuff with Cinder is just showing us how brave she is. That yeah. she's, she's, Levon is basically like, I'm going to kill her. Marry me or I'm going to kill her. And Cinder's like, well, you can't marry her. So I'm out. Yeah. She's like, don't marry her, Kai. Don't. She's being very brave because there's a lot of people that the second someone starts threatening their own life, their bravery is gone, which is why you're supposed to yell fire. Have you guys read those articles? Yeah. That you should, if you're in danger, you shouldn't yell help or rape. You should yell fire because people are far more likely to pay attention if they think their own life is in danger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the whole bystander concept. So I, I just think that all of this with her is really brave. She's, she's incredibly brave in these chapters where she's really trying to focus on finally starting to focus on the big picture that I've been frustrated with this whole book. <laughs> I was going to say, you keep harping at. Cause she focuses on the tiny little things and it's like, I get that she's 16, but if you're going to put this much weight on your shoulders, you need to think about how it impacts everybody else. And she's finally doing that. She's finally thinking like, okay, well, if I do this, I'm ruining 126 years of world peace and Kai's life, so. And part of it, I think, I think that more of her is upset about the fact that Kai would die than the fact that there would no longer be world peace. But either way, she's trying to prevent the loss of world peace, so I'll still give her credit for it. Yeah. 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 So then they silence her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they put a hand across her her mouth and she's just thinking to herself bad thoughts bad thoughts (laughs) um oops and this is where we have okay so here's what i want to talk to you guys about i'm gonna grab this book always this is in cinder's perspective however it kind of feels like we get a little bit of kai's perspective did you guys notice that Mm. there's a paragraph on page 359 where it almost feels like we're seeing things from kai's perspective Mm-hmm. Kai paced to the doorway. He gazed out at the raging storm for a moment, shoulders quaking, before he turned and swept his gaze over the ballroom. The ocean of color, silk and taffeta, gold and pearls, the frightened, confused faces around him, the annual ball, 126 years of world peace. He released mm-hmm. a strangled breath and pulled his shoulders taut. To me, that sounds like Kai's perspective. I didn't catch it the first time. Do you think it is now that you, now that I pointed it out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure I'm not alone. Yeah. I didn't really feel like this chapter was from any particular perspective, I guess. I felt like it was just everybody's perspective. I don't know. There's a lot going on in this chapter. 
There is a it's, lot. Yeah, it's not, it's not written in first person or anything, so. Well, the whole book is written in third person. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys like Kai's little reaction speech? Because I thought it was like, I felt that it was really diplomatic and well-spoken. For him, it was. It was very... Oh, you don't think well it would have been diplomatic in someone else's? No, I think for him as his character, like it's showing him growing. Yeah. Growing up a little bit. Yeah, yeah this isn't right. him making snide, passive-aggressive comments. No, it's not snarky, snarky Kai, which we've seen so far. Yeah. It's Emperor Kai. Yes. We finally yes. are seeing him come to his... Come into his leadership role. Yeah, I wanted to say something about blossoming into a flower, but... He can blossom. <laughs> I got halfway through what I was saying, and I was like, no, that would be a better one. My brain's just yeah. today. Kai is becoming the strong, powerful woman. Yes. He is a strong, powerful woman. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. And I like that last line, I will not marry you. It's like... Mm -hmm. I wrote in my notes, finally this festival and ball are bringing out the royal leader in Kai. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Because okay. I feel totally. like finally starting to see, and and I we ragged really hard on Torin last chapter, and frankly, he deserved it. <laughs> I do not regret that for one second. He totally deserved it. But this is, I think, what Torin has been trying to pull out of Kai this whole book. I think yeah. this is the potential Torin was trying to help Kai reach. Yeah. And so, if I wasn't angry with Torin for his irreparable behavior from the last chapter. I would say that Torrance probably really proud right now. <laughs> we did get yeah. a shout out about that. Did you notice that? I think I texted it to you. I read it. You you texted it to us. Yeah, it was it was from Queen Celine Channery Janali who said, "Oh my stars at Prince Kai fan pod freaking out at Torrin in today's episode was such a mood." Yes. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Oh my goodness, such a mood. I love the way kids these days talk, first of all. Like, I love when people say that things are a mood. It makes me so happy that, like, that's the thing that people say now. That's and funny. I wish that I was cool enough to say it, but I'm not because I'm are. old. No, you're, you're cool. cool enough to say it. I say it all the time to my students. I'm not even sure I know what it means, but I love it. <laughs> it was a nice little shout out, and it made me really happy when I read it because when I was, like, listening to the, when I was editing the episode, I was like, wow, we were a little harsh on Torrin, but I think he deserves it, so I hope no one is, like, upset when they listen to this episode, but it looks like we got support, so yeah. good. Yeah. So what did you think of Torrin since you missed me and Becca ragging hard into him? I didn't really, like, have an issue with him. Really? So I, so I read the chapter last week, and then I immediately, the next day I had a headache. Okay. And so it just knocked me out. So I had it all prepped, like I was going to, I was excited. But while reading it, you didn't notice any? I didn't notice, I didn't have any beef with Torin. Mm -hmm. I had no beef with him. Yeah, wow. I think he annoyed he, the crap out of me. I know, he was so rude and so disrespectful. I think he was just, yeah. he was in it. You what? I think he was just being torn. He was just trying to be that professional individual. That, that was what he was saying was not professional, and he's never behaved that way before. Telling Kai to stop being like a lovesick teenager or whatever. That is that so he's embarrassing himself. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get that from him. I didn't get. I didn't get angry at him at all because I think that he just doing what he needed to do. I think it could have waited five minutes. I think he was just being. Your Majesty, I have allowed you your freedom, but it is time to put an end to this. You are embarrassing yourself. No? The, I have allowed you your freedom makes it sound like he thinks that he is the one that is in charge. Yes. 
and, and that's not cool. Respectful. Yeah. And like you and I talked about, they're having a real legitimate conversation about the safety of the Eastern Commonwealth citizens and their emperor. And Torin is treating the situation like, what does he call them? Lovesick puppies? Something like that. Teenagers. But, yeah. Yes, lovesick teenagers. I guess, I don't know. I I see it as Torin being that adult. And I don't know. I feel like he could have handled but, it better, I guess. But it but shows he, that he's human. It shows that he's not always this very structured individual in how we've seen him up to this point, where he's very, he's very business oriented, but sometimes you lose control. That's a good point. It's just Torin being, Torin, I think it's just showing him as that human character that he's, we all lose control every once in a while. Yeah, I definitely didn't see it as like Torin being a human being who lost control. I was just like, Torin sucks. <laughs> I mean, your parents have gotten mad at you for something, and he maybe. And I think they suck. <laughs> when they get mad at me, they suck. <laughs> this is his his almost parenting cry because up to this point, he's been trying to. Up to this point, Torn has been trying to mold Kai into the perfect emperor. Yes. And with that, he he might have lost control because you know, Kai's kind of being an eighteen year old love suck puppy. He is. So you agree that what they're that they shouldn't be having these conversations and everything right now then? Like you you agree with Torrin's perspective? More so, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't I don't at all. I'm really bummed that I missed last week's episode now, guys. Gosh. Yeah, that would have been an interesting <laughs> debate to have. Yeah, because I because yeah. I especially the whole like I've allowed you your freedom and it's like bitch, I've allowed you your life. Like I'm your emperor, I could have you killed, you know, like I'm in charge now back the f off you know i just i feel like it's really inappropriate and disrespectful kai is the gosh darn emperor so at this point and torin is completely out of line yeah so that's what i go into if you ever watched the watchmen or read that graphic novel you might not be able to watch it bethany because it's kind of flashy okay but it's a graphic novel, and in there, it's about superheroes, and who watches the Watchmen is the quote that I'm going off of. Who watches the Emperor? Who takes care of the Emperor and makes sure that he is the proper, dignified leader of this country? It's Torin. So yes, Torin is kind of in control of Torin is a him. hired advisor. Yes, but he's also an advisor. He's there to advise him and say, hey, this is right, this is wrong. He's an advisor. He's not a dictator. Right. He can tell like, I, like, hey, I don't think this is right. I think you need to do this. That's an advisor. He's trying to be his father. And yeah. it's, it's inappropriate. He's, I'm mad at him. See, this is what I think is so great about having Ashley on as a co-host, because I think Becca and I agree a lot. Becca and I have, like, very similar wavelengths in the way that we think and the way that we discuss <laughs> and the way that we interpret and I think it's great to have like a different perspective because neither one of us is is on Torrid's side <laughs> I have, even after listening to you talk I'm still like yeah but he's still an asshole so I, I also have that, that viewpoint of I mean I've seen I've had to advise my leaders and be like no this is wrong you can't do this and tell them straight up, people that outrank me by many ranks, many years of experience, like, no, we can't do this. Have you done it in the way Torin did, where you yelled at them and said that they were... No, I'm a little bit more tactful. <laughs> <laughs> On most days... That's the thing. It, it was his lack of tact 
that I found so disrespectful. It yeah. was the way that he worded it that was so disrespectful to me. That last nerve. Once you hit that last nerve, normally that's when the floodgates, the things that you've been holding back, come out. And it hurts people. And maybe that's why I'm so upset that Torin is acting this way, because that's totally the crap that I pull. <laughs> well, I think what it, I think, and this is part of, like, Ashley's point that really helps, too. This is very out of character for Torin. Yeah. Typically, he does sort of, like Ashley said, try to guide Kai on the right path, but it's very much a guide. It's an advisory role. He tells him, like, hey, you know, maybe let's not be snarky in the middle of a diplomatic meeting where people have bombs aimed at us. He's very calm and professional about the whole situation. And in this instance, like Ashley said, he's human. He totally loses his Beowulf Marcel. It's fine. He's fine right now. I'm okay with this. <laughs> I, will, I will take I'm all the sorry, but is Beowulf's middle name after Marcel the monkey? It's after Quentin's grandfather. Okay, oh, let me okay. explain. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad our listeners said tangents are fine. So, my bonus mom adopted three kids when she met my dad, right? We all have different middle names, and she had trouble remembering them. So, at one point, she was like, all of your middle names are Alan, because that's my dad's middle name. So, she started also doing that with the cats, because they have four cats. So when we adopted Scamp, I was like, okay, his middle name is Marcel because Quentin's middle name is Marcel. And then when we got Beowulf and we were talking about middle names, I was like, well, Renee would just make it Marcel. So it's Scamp Marcel and Beowulf Marcel. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Anyway, Ashley. What's up? Go thank you. Because Four. now I get it. And I, I, not that I'm on your side, I'm still pissed off at Torrent. Yes. But also, I think that I'm pissed off at him because I am him. Because literally, like, I will talk to my superiors in this inappropriate way and feel like crap about myself and hate myself for it. So that's why I hate him. It's like you're a human or something. Yes. <laughs> do we think that Torrent does, like, oh, shit, I can't believe I just said that? Oh, yes, we all do. But do we think that's how he feels in this moment? Because he seemed pretty, like, maybe not in that movie. Maybe he's no. like, maybe two hours later in the shower, he's like, oh, man. <laughs> really messed this one up, didn't I, guys? Screwed the pooch. I'm sure he's yeah, in the I, shower arguing with himself. I think maybe later he may be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have talked to him like that, you know, but yeah. it had to be said, and that guy pushed me to it and screw him. You know, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like washing my hair later being like just ranting in my head about what a jerk Kai was to like push me to that point. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> I get it now. See. <laughs> you guys were angry for a good reason. You just have a dick. <laughs> I get why you're angry. Yeah. I don't, I don't have yeah. that. I get it. I get how he's acting. Yeah. So after that. We're off topic because Bethany was like pissed about Torin. But, um, <laughs> well, because Torin would be proud, he'd have his proud dad moment. About he would what, have his proud dad of. moment five minutes after calling him a lovesick puppy, yeah, or lovesick teenager. But after Kai's little speech, he reveals he won't marry Lavana. I like says, that. He okay. says, I won't marry you, and then he turns and says, and he mouths, I'm sorry to Cinder. And I love this whole paragraph, the air sucked out of the room 
ah. And yeah. then Cinder, like, the leaf swelled in Cinder, but it was squashed when Kai met her gaze. Like, so many ups and downs. I adore this. This was, this had to have been a really difficult moment for Kai because it sounds like he was already planning on marrying her. Yeah. And then when the time comes where Lavana is like, okay, marry me or I'm going to murder the woman that you're obviously in love with. And Kai has to be like, I imagine that in Kai's like inner dialogue at that moment, he's like, she's willing to kill this 16 year old girl with no proof whatsoever. Just, I think she's a lunar, so I'm going to kill her or Mm -hmm. you better marry me. Yeah. And I think in that moment, he realized like marrying her wasn't going to give them peace. It was going to give them an antidote and nothing more. And after the antidote, they would still have other, she would still find other means of destroying him, the Commonwealth, the citizenry, and then eventually the people of Earth altogether. And I think that that's why in that moment he came to the decision of, I can't marry her. I can't be the one that gives her that kind of political power. Mm-hmm. And I have to mention this just because the listeners can't see it. I, there's excessive nodding coming from me when Beth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing else to add to that. I think you're, you're right on the money for that. Yeah. Cause she will, she's a tyrant. She is a tyrant. She's the predator. Yes. And then the part that kills me is when Kai refers to her as the girl, I mean the fugitive. Her name's Cinder. She has a name. Gone. You almost kissed her in an elevator. Don't call her the girl, the fugitive. He has kissed her, hasn't? No, they didn't kiss in the elevator. No, no, they kissed recently, though. Well, she kissed him. She kissed him without consent, I guess. He did not kiss her or kiss her back. Yeah. All he is is a, is a pair of lips. He is a pair of lips <laughs> as far as this situation is concerned. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't consider it like, I, I suppose I will retract my words, but he didn't kiss her. She kissed him and he did not want it. So it's not the girl that he almost kissed in an elevator. It's not the girl that he kissed at all. It's the girl that just kissed him as what can only be described as a political move. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it's really funny. But either way, like, you know her name. Yeah. But she's going to go to prison and wait for Lavana. Lavana says no peace. Yep. She's not having it. She's not having anything. Nope. My, okay. glasses. My I love that. It was, like, such a Harry Potter Aunt Marge thing where she's snapping the glass. I love that. Yes. And I... I just put a dot under it. <laughs> That's all. I or put. like, did anybody ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Mm-mm. Oh well, there's a thing. There's like an entire episode where one of the main characters is getting frustrated with her husband, and she just keeps breaking glasses, and the bartender keeps having to bring her back a glass. And at one point, she's like, "You're slipping," because it took him too long. And he's like, "Well, we're running out of glasses. Like, that's how many glasses she's broken by squeezing yeah. it." Oh my god. <laughs> My next, this is one of my favorite parts in the book, up, uh, coming up next, when Cinder's retinal scanner is starting to, it's not decrypt, but kind of decrypt what Lavana looks like. Well, before yes. we get to that, the Lunar Guard, we have this moment. So the Lunar Guard is holding Cinder hostage, and that's when Cinder's retina just, like, starts lighting up and looking over the queen's body. Lavana is completely livid. She's almost completely lost her shit at this point. And Cinder gets weak in the knees and slumps over because 
You can read it if you want. You, uh, you underline some of it. She shut her eyes. Sure, she was imagining things. Then opened them again. The diagram realigned, lines pinpointing the exact angles of Lovano's face. Coordinates showing up the placement of her eyes, the length of her nose, the width of her brow. A perfect illustration overlaid the perfect woman, and they were not the same. That's how I read it to in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Not the same. And that's when Cinder's knees give out, and she slums back, and she says, you're not beautiful. It is an illusion. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. You are not beautiful. And I apologize. This was an egg hatch. So then they're almost saints, and everyone's looking at her again as the predator's true form is finally revealed. Ah! Sorry. As you said that, I thought of, like, an actual (laughs) dinosaur coming out. (laughs) Yeah. The queen's greatest secret. I wonder if she can upload that data, like, to the web. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, I thought she could. I wonder how much money she'd get for it. I don't know. We have to wait and see. Anyways, now we get to see. We saw earlier how the glamour almost made a woman gouge her own eye out. And now yeah. we see how it can make you kill yourself. I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah that part was a little stressful. It was. Because I, I had to reread it two times. And I didn't underline a lot in it. Because I just, so I, I felt what Cinder kind of felt. The increasing levels of adrenaline, heart rate increasing, blood pressure increasing, warning, warning. That's how I felt during it, which is why I didn't underline a lot of it on this, this page. Well, what happens is the guard is holding her. Yeah. And we can only assume it's Lavana, but Cinder is glamored into snatching the gun from the guard's holster and placing the barrel against her own temple. And then her finger is like, trembling on the the trigger and Kai's trying to pull it off of her he says no leave her alone uh Kai rushed for her grasping her elbow he tried to yank it away but she was completely immobilized solid as a statue so we have hero Kai again hero Kai but then um this holy crap so also this is a hatching because this is proof that she's not a shell or they wouldn't be able to control her Mm mm-hmm um, and it felt very similar. Her, the way that her cyborg brain is telling her not to do it felt very similar to me in the chapter of Goblet of Fire when Harry is in the Imperious Curse situation and, and it's like, jump on the desk. And he's like, no, I don't think I want to jump on the desk. Sounds stupid, really. Why would I jump on a desk? Like, it felt very similar to me of that concept of, I don't want to do this. Why am I being told to do this? How do I yep. fight this? Yeah. How do I fight? Yeah. Yeah. And oh my god, her cyborg brain is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. This gift is incredibly powerful. Kai can't even move her body. And she and she and her cyborg brain bioelectrical manipulation detected. Initializing resistance procedure in three, two, one. That is crazy. Yeah. Her it's brain awesome. protect her from this gift being used against her. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And then the gun moves so because she's no longer being controlled, and she shoots a chandelier. Oh, that poor chandelier. Can we have a moment of silence for it? <laughs> <laughs> See, no. has, has anybody seen Titanic? Yes. Of course. Yes. 
It made me think of the moment in Titanic where everyone is running around like crazy and the chandelier just kind of falls from the mm -hmm. sky, from the sky, mm -hmm. from the ceiling. Because right when the gun goes off and the chandelier explodes, then everyone who's just been kind of standing around watching mouth open is like, oh, shit. and they all start running in different directions. Yep. And that's when the chandelier falls. And so that's what my brain was picturing. Definitely. Yes. Moment. yes. And everybody's all dressed up, too. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh. feeling the pain again. This is an imagery thing, Becca. I love imagery. The imagery of the kiln. And I'm confused, though. Why is she hot? Is this the electricity melting her? What is happening I think here? it's the pain. I think it's the pain. And then I think her cyborg parts got overheated. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because yeah, it, like, because melts her the gloves, right? Yeah. yeah her glove yeah. is melting. She well, it says, okay, this is the part that's weird to me. Some foreign substance had invaded her blood that her system did not recognize and could not dispel. Yeah. What did you is guys think? Is that the bioelectricity? That's what I think it was, yeah, but so we're not really told. No. Yeah. But it'd be the only thing that we could really, like, conclude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it must be the bioelectricity. And it's after um, that that her melted glo that her gloves start to, to melt. melt. Yeah. And her cyber programming started to scream at her. You are sick. You are ill. You are dying. But she did not feel like she was dying. She felt strong and powerful. On fire. Uh, like um, Katniss. She's on fire. Yeah. She's on fire. Yes. And now you can see her metal extremity because the gloves are starting to melt. Yeah. And then, and then she looks up and it's like everything is frozen and she catches Lavana's eye. And I love this. Lavana's rage seemed to hiccup when their gazes met. Dang. This is again, Bethany getting the big picture. Cinder is freaking out because Kai's going to see that the gloves melted and they're going to see her cyborg hand. You just had a gun to your head and almost died. Big picture, Cinder. Big right. picture. Right. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I've been talking about all book, where it's like, you really need some perspective, sweetie. <laughs> and then the guard takes the bullet for the queen. Do you guys think he was glamored, or do you think he jumped in front of the bullet for his queen? I'm torn. I don't I know. think, I no, just, I don't think he was glamored. Well, I, yeah, Levana didn't even flinch. Well, that's why I wondered if, if he hadn't jumped. Because Levana didn't flinch, because Levana knew he would jump to save her either because he's really well-trained and that's how dedicated and loyal they are or because she forced him to. Yeah. I can see both. I figured they were, I kind of thought they were just well-trained, but. Makes it sound like they're dog. <laughs> Good guards. Good guards, dog. Good. Yeah. yeah. And then Cinder drops the gun and runs away. She definitely, yeah. Yeah. To the garden yeah. we go. Yep. I love her scene in the gardens, how, like, the hollow stone was echoing all around her, and I got so much anxiety reading these paragraphs. It was so intense and so focused. Last this confuses me, though. Sure. Middle of page 365, as she's running away down the stairs, on the fifth step, she heard the bolt snap. The wires tore loose like tendons stretched to the max. She felt the loss of power at the base of her calf, sending a blind warning signal up to her brain. I thought she hadn't connected the wires of that foot. What is happening? She did not connect them all the way. 
She connected them okay. enough that it stayed latched on. And this okay. is also an egg hatch because when she was attaching the foot, she said, I hope I've attached it enough that it doesn't fall off. But she didn't have time to connect all the wires. The foot okay, did not so get attached. It did fall off. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think she connected any of them. Okay. She like, yeah. And that was her inner dialogue of like, I can't, I don't have time to connect them. It feels like a heavy weight. I hope it stays attached. And I think also if she's running and it falls off, there's going to be pain because she'll fall into the, boom, the wires and stuff on her leg, you know, like running on a nub kind of situation. Well, yeah, it's so, going to be off filter. And yeah. Yeah. She's going to okay. trip. And then this is the moment where I felt like she was, you know, this was her stuck in the pitch moment. Under the spooky moonlight, Yes. she lay sprawled on her side, holes frayed her glove where she tried to catch her fall. Blood stained the beautiful cream colored silk over her right elbow. Oh, yes. My, my note says, oh, sin, why are you such a hot mess? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately what I thought. I love that. You're such a hot mess. <laughs> She is, though. She is a hot But that's her charm. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then everybody shows up on the scene. Naturally. And Kai, and here's another egg hatch. Kai knows. Yep. Kai knows. His his eyes drunk her in, a gleam of metal fingers, the wire sparking at the end of her battered metal leg. His jaw fell, and he looked momentarily as if he might be sick. Oh, my God. So... like when he was looking at her diagram in Dr. Erlen's office and looked like he might be sick. Yeah. Yeah. Our picture, our fan art. Yeah. yeah. A great fan art. I loved that one. See, that's what, that's how I pictured it immediately. Yeah. <sighs> so then everyone else shows up at the scene. Torin, the thaumaturg is the guard. Lavana starts to walk in and Sybil stops the queen from coming in because she sees the cameras. So that's a good thaumaturg. Good old Sybil. Good old Sybil. Mistress Sybil. And now, now our poor girl is like almost completely worn out and exhausted. Everything's catching up with her. She's got no fight left. The last remnants of strength fled from Cinder, leaving her exhausted and weak. Yes. Yeah. And I love the part where it says that they were sneaking up on her like a wounded animal. Catch that one. Yeah. Kai crept down the stairs as if sneaking up on a wounded animal. Stooping, he picked up the rusted cyborg foot that had fallen out of the velvet boot, which is also another egg hatch. Kai picking up the foot a second time. Yeah. And the predator is enraged and absolutely disgusted. It says her lips curled disgusting she said from the doorway because not only and then sybil says she wasn't a shell after all how did she hide it Mm -hmm. how indeed how indeed (laughs) and now jason slash jason slash joaquin has the gun (laughs) yes he does have the gun even after everything that they just went through even after everything that Kai just witnessed, finding out she was a cyborg, picking up the foot, being completely disgusted, it looks like he's about to throw up. He is still heroic. He still tries to save her. Just, yes. Jacin has the gun, and Lavana is like, she'll be dead soon enough. And she's like, Jacin, kill her. Deal with it. I'm done with this. I am done with this cyborg lunar fugitive who's screwing up my marriage who's embarrassing me in front of the entire world kill her and let's be done with it and kai says wait because kai's a little worried kai thinks it was all a a lunar trick yeah Uh, 
It says everything he knew about her was a lie. Eh. Well, so I these next ones, next two paragraphs, where it's talking about, is it a lie? Is it a lunar trick? And she tells him, I would never lie. She had a lot of omission of truth, which some people consider a lie. I think she was trying to protect him, so I don't see that as fully a lie. Well, there were moments when she literally lied to him because we talked about how she needed to get better at it. Yes. Yeah. But there were yeah. certain times that not everything was a lie about her. It makes me think about, and this is so silly, but I love me some J-Lo. There's a J-Lo movie called Made in Manhattan. Okay. Oh, yeah. And there's a moment where, you know, he discovers that she's not this rich heiress. She's the maid. And, you know, he's like, I would have fallen for you anyways, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, would you have given me a second glance? Because we did meet when I was a maid. You didn't notice me. You didn't know who I was, and you didn't care. And now that you're finding out Mm -hmm. who I really am, you're not interested. Mm -hmm. You're acting like I'm the one who betrayed you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't know. My thing about omissions is, like, I don't want people to lie to me. I'd rather people will just tell me the truth, and I'll deal with it the way that I deal with it. But... If I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't hurt me until I find out, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially, you know, in in areas where you have these preconceived notions, where you have these prejudices, and you're going to judge people before you give them a chance. Yeah. You know, not having the information that you would have consciously or not used to judge them. I mean, is that type of omission really a bad thing all the time I mean probably yeah, not. Can, you, can you can you really fault her for wanting to keep that a secret I mean the yeah. moment that he saw the diagram in the office alone would be enough to make her not want to reveal it because he saw the diagram of the cyborg and was completely disgusted just by the diagram let alone knowing the human being that that diagram represented yep exactly she was more so than anything else protecting him and that's where I see it as not so much a lie. Protecting him, but she was protecting herself. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was protecting both of them. She was trying to let them live in this blissful world where he wasn't an emperor and she wasn't a cyborg. Mm-hmm. And I don't fault her for that in the slightest. We all want to live in those worlds sometimes. Yeah. Kai's sentence at the top of page 368, I started crying. I can yes. see. Kai peeled his eyes away, finding some place of resignation off in the glistening garden. You're even more painful to look at than she is. Cinder's heart shriveled inside her. Oof. That's rough. It's very rough. Yeah. And then Kai gets emperor again. You know, he has his moment where he's talking to Cinder and he's like, was it all a lie? Did you bamboozle me? You know, and you're so painful to look at. And then all of a sudden he's emperor again. And he's standing there in his fancy shirt. And she'll, she will be taken into custody. She will be imprisoned until we can decide what to do with her. But if you kill her tonight, I swear I will never agree to any alliance with Luna. Mm-hmm. Put that foot down. That emperor yep. foot down. Yeah. Yep. Now she, she says, this is where we have that moment. Do we think that this is because he has a soft spot for her and he wants to keep her alive? Or do we think that this is his determination to stand up for all Eastern Commonwealth citizens to not give in to the demands of a tyrant to not give in to negotiations like that. What do you guys think? Can it be both? I think it's both. I think it's both. I think it's both. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's both, yeah. And I like the sentence where she says she would be given back to the moon. That's a good sentence. That's a good sentence. Yeah. But he's just buying her time until Levana 
takes her away. Which kind of is like torture. Like yeah. Knowing you're going to die. Just not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you get a couple more days to do who knows what. It's not like you're going to go do fun things with Aiko. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Mm-hmm. And then Lavana has this warning. Kai says, yeah. In turn, you will agree not to wage war against my country or planet. And Lavana says, agreed. I will not wage war against Earth for this infraction. But I would tread lightly, young emperor. You have tried my patience greatly this night. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, your majesty. <laughs> that's, yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> they lifted her broken body off the gravel path. The imagery in this entire chapter is just so vivid, and I can feel everything that's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, and they're carrying her away, and he's just standing there and not looking at her, just staring at the little foot that he's holding. Yeah, mm-hmm. his fingertips white from gripping uh, it too hard. Yeah. <sighs> Oof. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> yes. So I'm keeping up with my naming the co- the chapters. I wrote the one where Kai finds out. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has the weird one. Nope. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I agree. What are our quotes? My quote is on the bottom of page 368. It's translation: She will die. Nice. Mine's from the Ooh. same page. Nice. <laughs> yeah, mine's at the top, closer to the top though. It's. Cinder's heart shriveled inside her until she was sure it would stop beating altogether. Ooh. Yeah. That one's a hard one. Mine is from where he finds out. His eyes drunk her in. A gleam of metal fingers. The wires sparking at the end of her battered metal leg. The wires sparking at the end of her. He's looking at her on the ground with one foot hanging off. And her, the gloves that he bought her are melted away, and you can see the sparking wires at the end of her battered metal leg. Oh. So nice. I just asked, do you want my quote from last week? Yes! So, well, we had two chapters last week. Okay, so... So 34 and 35. <laughs> my quote from 34 is from 341. It is, they were the only ones dancing. No. Yeah. Oh. And then from 35, my quote is from 350, and it's the sound, though filled with the sweetness of a child's giggle, sent a chill down Cinder's spine. I found it really It was creepy creepy. AF. It was creepy AF. And that's why I chose it. (laughs) So that is the end of chapter 36. A heavy chapter. A very heavy chapter, which is why it got its own episode all by itself and uh there were three gloves uh-huh. and eight easter eggs that is a lot of eggs in such a short chapter Ooh, That's yeah, a lot yeah. of eggs. there was a lot going on in this chapter a lot going on in this chapter yeah, yeah. wow yeah so next episode we're finishing the book we, we are Chapters 37 and 38 <laughs> and then it's the the end of cinder well yeah not- the end of the wow. book, Cinder. There we go. The end of the book, Cinder. We still have one more episode. We're going to do a wrap-up episode. Yeah. And yeah. we will announce the winner of our raffle during the wrap-up episode. Yay! Awesome. Okay. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And speaking of the raffle, Bethany, you want to talk about how people can get entered into this lovely raffle? You need to leave us a review 
our goal is, I'm not going to do the Patreon until we get to 30 kids. And no Patreon <laughs> means no Easter egg discussion. Um, <laughs> we only have 21 right now, so we still need nine more. So tell a friend, rate, review, and subscribe. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. We'll share it on our platforms. And you will get submission into our raffle to win Ashley's book, My Notes, all of our quotes, and a little message from each of us, and some of the email correspondence between Becca and myself, and all yeah. the Easter eggs in my book or in my notes. That's yeah. going to be a cool part. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. My well-loved book. Your well-loved book. So, we'll see you guys next week. Okay. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Ashley Leonard and Rebecca Baker. The logo art was created by Angela Wong on Instagram. Thank you for listening. When we got Verizon 5G home internet, it sounded like it could handle all our needs. But one thing it couldn't handle was our frustration. And hey, we deserve reliable internet. It's time for better internet. Fast, reliable internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.